It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. For any new listeners joining us today, this program is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company that believes in using the power of real food to create wellness and vitality from the inside out. My name is Cassie Weenus. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. I'm also a mom, and the regular listeners know the drill. <laughs> hello to Riley, my six-year-old, listening back home right now, and hello to Rissy, my four-year-old. And thanks to those two sets of ears listening to their mom, I have a lot of great information to share about today's topic, which is gluten-free eating. And in studio with me this morning is one of several colleagues of mine that eats gluten-free herself, Leah Wetzel. Welcome, Leah. Thanks, Cassie. It's great to be here today with you. Yeah, glad you're back safe. See, yes. it is our running theme that you're just I, back from an airplane ride every time. And then I'm we're on, on the, the show team. together. And then we're on the show. <laughs> yes. Yeah, life is crazy busy. Yeah. Leah is a licensed nutritionist who sees clients at our St. Paul and YZ offices, for those of you that don't know her. She also teaches corporate classes for nutritional weight and wellness. And if I remember right, you're teaching the Weight and Wellness six-week series right now, too. I am. Yep. I just wrapped up the Nutrition for Weight Loss in St. Paul this last week. But I'm teaching the weight and wellness on Monday nights in Wyzetta and lots and lots of corporate. Yeah, <laughs> lots of corporate I, I hear too. that you're busy these days. And, you too. And, <laughs> yeah, <are>. right. <laughs> and a good problem to have. We, Dar, yes. if you're listening, we're not complaining. Yes. <laughs> so let's get into today's topic of gluten-free eating, which is something both Leah and I do day in and day out. And I'd like to start off the hour with some valid reasons for why someone might go gluten-free. I think that's a great idea. And why don't we start with the definition of celiac disease? Good idea. So celiac disease, like both of my kids have, is an autoimmune reaction to the protein called gluten. And many listeners know gluten is the protein found in wheat, barley, rye, oats, spelt, and kamut. Now, remember I said celiac is an autoimmune reaction, and by autoimmune, we mean that every time my kids or anyone with celiac ingests gluten, their body starts attacking their own intestinal tract. That's right. In any autoimmune reaction, the body is attacking itself. And in the case of celiac, the body is specifically attacking the small intestines. And over time, this continuous damage to the small intestines leads to malabsorption of nutrients, of course, over time, severe nutrient deficiencies that can result due to untreated celiac disease and cause a wide range of health issues. Right. And the list of health issues is never ending. But in case someone listening may be one of the millions of people walking around with celiac disease that have not yet been diagnosed, I have in front of me the symptoms checklist that I printed from the National Foundation for Celiac Awareness website. And it's really, uh, it's just a real eye opener. So when you go to the National Foundation for Celiac Awareness website. It gives you this whole big checklist, and it says, fill this out, and if you are finding that you're checking one or several of these, have a conversation with your doctor because yep. these are all potential body signs. So, a lot. Oh, my Lord, there's a lot. So I'm going to read them off. Bloating, gas, or abdominal pain, diarrhea or constipation, 
itchy skin rash, discolored teeth or loss of enamel, joint pain, significant unexpected weight loss, delayed growth, fractures or thin bones. I'm only halfway through. Yeah. Again, this is, I'm reading the checklist on the celiac um, awareness website for potential body signs of celiac. Hard to flush bulky or loose stools, fatigue, tingling or numbness in your hands or feet, canker sores, irritability or behavior changes, missed menstrual periods, iron deficiency anemia, Mm -hmm. depression, um, irritable bowel syndrome, that one we kind of, I think a lot of people know that one, peripheral neuropathy, infertility, osteoporosis, thyroid disease, because that's closely linked to an autoimmune disease, intestinal cancer. They also have type 1 diabetes listed on here. Because it's an autoimmune. Yes. Yep. And I, you've probably read the same thing, Leah, where they're really, a lot of the journals now, the scientific journals, because there's been research done, you'll read articles and, and they're advocating that anybody with type 1 diabetes get tested for celiac disease because they're seeing such a high mm-hmm. prevalence of celiac in people with type 1 diabetes. So it kind of makes you think which came first. Yep. Um, And the other one I wanted to mention on here is Down syndrome. I have a brother with Down syndrome, so I've known this for many years, that celiac disease is more prevalent in Down syndrome than in the regular population. But, you know, and that really is just, it's it's a long list, but it's really just the short list. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and if we look at the stats in America, I think it's astounding that 1 in 133 Americans have celiac disease. So in one in 133 have this autoimmune reaction. I also find it astounding that about 95% of them are walking around undiagnosed or misdiagnosed with other conditions. And this isn't just what we are saying. This is also something that comes from the University of Maryland, Dr. Finanzo. Fasano. Fasano. Thank you very much. That's okay. It's a, <laughs> an Italian name and yes. neither you Fasano. or I are Italian. Yes. This, uh, who leads up the celiac research for the Center of University of Maryland? Well, you know, hopefully after today's show, a few more people start down the right path to an official diagnosis. It is amazing how your health can turn around once you get the gluten out. If, you know, if there is a medical reason that you need to get gluten out. Yes. But keep in mind, even if all the tests that you might run for celiac come back negative, there is still a chance that gluten could be to blame. Right. If it's not celiac disease, but if you've discovered through maybe trial and error that you feel better on a gluten-free diet, then you probably have what is officially being called non-celiac gluten sensitivity or what we simply call gluten sensitivity. Exactly. And that's where I put myself into that category. And as you know, Cassie, and some of the listeners have heard my story that I had really bad asthma. When I started working at Nutrition and Weight and Wellness, and when I sat down with Dar for my one-on-one consultation, she said that I had certain signs presenting with probably having a gluten sensitivity. And when I gave up the gluten, I was able to wean off my asthma medications. That is an amazing story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as you know, Leah, I fall under that umbrella of gluten sensitivity, do, too. Yeah. The way I discovered was that after Riley, my son, was diagnosed with celiac disease, I suppose about two and a half years ago now, then both his sister and I got tested because, as we know, celiac often runs in families. Yep. And that's when we, f- we found out that Rissy, my daughter, has celiac, just like her brother. And while my test came back negative for celiac, it did show that I had a gluten sensitivity. 
And one thing we have all in common is that we all had gone through and had some testing done through Interolab. Right. And my husband always says, for the many times I mentioned Interolab on the radio, if I was getting a cut from them, we'd have a big, nice house by now. (laughs) Yeah, we are not affiliated at all with Interolab, but Leah got tested through them. Um, Our family got tested through Interolab. For those of you that aren't familiar, it's a registered and accredited lab. It's run by a medical doctor. But instead of testing your blood for celiac disease or for gluten sensitivity, they test your stool. Yes. And it's more accurate, isn't it? Right. It's more accurate because if you think about it, your body is producing antibodies against gluten or against your own intestine if you have gluten sensitivity or celiac. And all of this is going on down in your intestines. And so it will show up quickly in your stool. But the experts say it can take up to 10 years, yep. 10 years Just for an official diagnosis mm-hmm. through the blood. Yep, yep. Who wants to wait that long? No. And by that time, think of all the damage that could have been done. Right. Yeah. And Dr. Thomas O'Brien, who is an expert and lecturer on gluten intolerance, says that blood tests show up false negative 7 out of 10 times. Exactly. And I'm sure that's why our family didn't resolve Riley's health issues until we did the stool testing, because nothing else was showing up like he had a problem. But there Mm -hmm. was obviously something wrong when you looked at um, how his health was reacting And think about what you just said, Leah. Basically, Mm -hmm. what you're saying is that that blood test is only accurate about 30% of the time. That's correct. And the medical community obviously needs a new standard for testing for celiac. And for gluten sensitivity as well, they don't often test for something that's not celiac. Now, Cassie, listeners already know my asthma cleared up when I stopped eating gluten. What kind of health improvements did you see when you stopped eating gluten? Oh, great question. Yes. I'm going to answer that when we come back for oh, break, because otherwise I'll probably get a little long-winded and, <laughs> and we'll go over. But time for a break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We're talking about the whys and the whats of gluten-free eating, if you're just joining us. Please don't leave us, because when we come back, I'm going to tell you some of the things that turned around in different areas of my health when I went gluten-free. And also, when we come back, both Leah and I want to share some of our favorite quick and delicious gluten-free snack ideas. And if you have questions related to today's topic, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. Dishing Up Nutrition has listeners in San Francisco, Miami, International Falls, and Billings, Montana. Whether you live in the Twin Cities or across the country, nutritional guidance is as close as your phone. Nutritional Weight and Wellness offers phone consultations for people at a distance or too busy for office appointments. Would you like to increase your energy, lower cholesterol, or resolve digestive problems? Here's how phone consultations work. First, complete a health history. Next, discuss your health goals with a nutritionist. Then she creates an eating plan for your biochemistry and lifestyle. You make the time, and Nutritional Weight and Wellness provides the plan and support. Make the call from the privacy of your home or office and get nutrition expertise from the people you trust. For information, call Nutritional Weight and Wellness at 651-699-3438. Outside the Twin Cities, call 888-805-8954, toll free. Or go to weightandwellness.com. Just joining us today, I'm Leah Wetzel, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here today with Cassie Wienis, licensed nutrition, licensed dietitian, licensed and registered dietitian. And today's topic is gluten-free eating. Now, be- before we went to break, Cassie promised that we would share some gluten-free snack ideas 
when we came back. So here it goes. One of my favorite snacks is a gluten-free, dairy-free deli roll-up. And so I choose a gluten-free deli meat. Yep. And on top of that, I put, um, I do guacamole. I love guacamole. Mm. Holy guacamole is a good kind that you can yep. find in the stores. And they have a really good, called the snack pack. It's about 10 grams of fat each pack, which is oh, nice. Oh, perfect. So you just open up as much as you need. And great if you it. have to, yeah, travel with it. Yeah, I mean, it throw it in your, perfect you for bring traveling. it to work. And yep. So I just kind of divvy that out between the two rolls of deli meat. And yep. then I put on some cut up red bell pepper. And then I just roll that up and I eat that. It's really I'm good. I'm going to look for those little snack packs. That's yeah. great. And just for packing um, snacks for school, too, for oh, my little yeah. guy. Yep. Well, that's a really good one. Um, one of my favorite gluten-free snacks is to take just a little bit of leftover turkey breakfast sausage. Have you ever made I that have. recipe? I have. I love that. Yes. It's so good. And mm-hmm. it's the easiest recipe, I guarantee, that you'll ever come across. Yep. You buy the ground turkey and you add... Five spices. Um, and the yeah. recipe is up on our website at weightandwellness.com. But if I have some of that, because we've had it at breakfast, and I have some leftovers, I'll grab a piece of that, about two ounces. And then I one of my favorites, too, Leah, is the red and yellow bell pepper oh, strips. Yes. Yes. I like to dip you them. You can even buy them cut up. Yes. Yep. Anytime you can buy them. Yes. If it's a busy week, that's yep. always a great thing. Um, but I like to dip them. I'm going to try those little snack packs of holy guacamole now that you told me they're out there. But I often make the homemade veggie dip on our website. Yeah, it's really good veggie dip. Right? And it's easy. Yeah, and and we have it. Uh, if you go to weightandwellness.com and click on recipes, it's under the kid, um, the kid nutrition. Kid, it'll say kid snacks or something yep. like that. Yeah, and it's called Little Dippers, Little but Dippers, it's it's basically yep. a homemade ranch yes. recipe, but you can make it dairy-free yep. if you use sour cream that only has cream as the ingredient. Do you do okay with sour um, you know, if I, you don't I, do for too the much, most part, I, I stay away you just from try it. To stay away. Yeah, but. I know we do. Okay, we have dairy allergies at our house, but if we do the Daisy full fat sour cream because it only has one ingredient, which is cream. Nice. So there's none of the protein from dairy in there, and there's none of the lactose. We do okay with that, and that's what I use in that little dippers recipe. Great. You know, and I also want to say, uh, talking of these vegetables as great snack ideas, it reminds me of a very special gluten free client of mine. Emma Paulson. Emma is nine, and the reason I think she's pretty special is that she drove all the way with her mom from Wisconsin to see me. Wow. She came a few months ago for the first time and was having these awful stomach aches, and these had been going on for, I I believe, a couple of years by the time she came to see me a couple years ago. And as I looked through her eight pages of health history, it just became really obvious to me for a lot of different reasons that gluten and dairy were not being digested in her body. And so we wrote up a gluten-free, dairy-free meal plan for Emma, and she did not complain once. And that's why I think she's so special. And she came back to see me a couple weeks ago, even brought her grandma the second time. She's doing great. That's excellent. Zero stomach aches. That's really hard at nine to do that. Really hard at mm -hmm. nine, right, to all of a sudden switch things around and, and be with your friends but not be eating quite the same things. But her mom said even... Even when I'm not around, Emma is not complaining about this meal plan. So I think she's awesome. And some of her favorite snacks are red and yellow bell peppers, just like you and I, Leah. (laughs) And she also really likes cucumbers. So with that, I just want to say hello to Emma if she's listening today. And Emma, you keep up that healthy eating. And we have callers. I'm going to get right to the callers, Leah, and start with... 
Karen on line one. Karen, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? Karen, are you there? She waited so long, maybe she... Karen, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Hmm. Should we go to the next caller? Let's try... um, Karen, you might want to call back, but... Line... Oh, who do I have now? I'm, this is Sharon. Sharon. Oh, now Sharon. I have Sharon. Okay. Karen okay. was on line one, so I didn't have that anymore. But Sharon, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. Thank you had you. a gluten-related yeah, you know, question? Was, we were just talking about this last night, and my, my son went to a doctor to get a test for, for gluten. Yep. And it was going to be a blood test. But she told him that since he's already given up gluten for like a year, the test wouldn't be true. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Right. So he had already given it up for a year. And why Why were you thinking of going to get his blood well, tested? Well, he just wanted to make sure that he was doing the right thing and that, you know, this was what was wrong with him and that not eating gluten was helpful. And so why did he decide to maybe cut the gluten out? What was going on? Yeah, because he, he did have um, stomach problems. Okay. Like, and d- did those go away once he... Gave up well, gluten? I'm not certain. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so y- y- that is true, though. If you have had it out of your system for a year, it, it shouldn't be showing up in your blood. In so it's blood. not going to be a, an accurate kind test. Kind of another negative for those blood testing is because you have to be actively eating yeah. that food that you're suspect of for it to show up in your blood, yeah. unlike the stool testing. Unlike the stool testing, although I don't know if you could go for a full year and still. Mm -hmm. I know on the stool testing, you're right, Leah, that you could be maybe four or five months into gluten-free and then still have it show up in the stool. But, um, yeah, that's you're you're in a tough place. I mean, I think it, it really takes a conversation now with him and saying, you know, let's really think back. What were you feeling like before you started? the gluten. Let's talk about why we did this and now how are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. You know, te- he's a teenager, right? Right. Teenagers are yeah. hard. So if, you know, and if he's just going to be, if he just gets it into his head that he's just going to go back and start eating gluten because he doesn't have any doctor's, um, you know, recommendations on it, I think he's either going to have an awful reaction and then that will tell him. Yep. Or, you know, if he does go back and start eating gluten and then he wants to get the test... And I don't yeah. proactively recommend that, but I'm just saying if a teenager right, yeah, did right. that, then it would show up. In and, Yeah, and another thing, too, once you remove that food, like if he ha- was having stomach pains, you also have to heal. Because a lot of right. damage is done when we become intolerant to certain foods and your body starts, um, you know, maybe to start to attack those certain foods internally, like in your intestinal tract. So you not only have to remove that food, but you have to also work on healing that area of the body. And I'm hoping that later on the show we'll come up and yes, be able to talk and talk about, about what some you need intestinal to do to heal. healing. Because okay. if he's not feeling 100, percent it might be he's missing a few key things. So does that help at all? Yeah, it's it's kind of a difficult. Yeah, thing, yeah. But yeah. Thank it you. is. Well, keep listening to the show, and you might get some some more tips. We're gonna go to line three and take Lynn. Lynn, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? Hi. My question Hi. is a little similar to the first to the caller you just spoke with. Yeah. My daughter and I both have cut out gluten. Um, I was actually in for consultation with you and on that advice. That's how I took the gluten out of my diet. My daughter was suffering so much more severely than me, um, but she still has some bouts with um, some illness every now and then. And so I was wondering how would we find out 
what else is wrong with her or if it really truly was the gluten because now she's been without the gluten for a couple of years. Yeah. And also myself, I had an endoscopy a few years ago, not for the celiac diagnosis, but for something else. And they never said anything about that. My dad also went in um, and had an endoscopy just recently and asked them to check for celiacs. And they said, no, you don't have any of that. But he has a lot of the symptoms as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your question is w- w- more with your daughter, what to do next? or right. Because. Like I said, we have taken, you know, the gluten out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if sometimes maybe she just ingests it without really knowing it. And maybe Which could that's be. what happens. Right. You know, and yeah, it, it can be tricky. And I, I would encourage you to consider a, a follow-up yeah. consult, too, because oftentimes when we see somebody initially, mm-hmm. we have a plan in our head where we want to go in terms of the steps of healing. But then when people don't come back for the next follow-up, we never continue that healing process. So it might be that there's more things to do for yes. healing her gut. And it may also be that you're getting um, a little bit of gluten. And we're going to be talking more about that today, mm-hmm. like where where some of those pitfalls might be coming yeah. in. And unfortunately, too, once you develop that intolerance, you can also develop intolerances to other foods. Like for me, as an right. example, not only did I have an intolerance to gluten, but I also had intolerance to dairy. Right. And so that's another benefit of coming back for that follow-up, because actually when I'm suspect of that with clients, I have them write down their food. I do the food journal with them and then have them write down their symptoms and kind of flush out foods that way as well. I'm yeah. the one that came for the consultation. She did oh, not. okay. But the person that I had the consultation with suggested that my daughter take the gluten out as well because of gotcha. her symptoms. Gotcha. So she probably really needs some probiotics, yeah. some glutamine to heal her gut because, yeah, and I see that so often. I I'm in a, in a support group for celiac. Yeah, not just, yeah. certainly see it a lot in clinical practice, but also in the support group I'm in with other moms that have kids with celiac nobody's out there that I hear of except us talking about healing the gut. And if you don't do that piece of the puzzle, you're not going to get back to your best self. So do stay tuned because we're going to talk more about um, those different supplements and how to dose them in terms of how to heal your gut. Okay. Okay. Thank you for calling. We have to take another break. Um, you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, again, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We are a company with years of clinical experience with clients with various food allergies. And, you know, if you've went gluten-free, but you're still not feeling well like Lynn's daughter, stay with us because, you know what, when we come back, we're going to share some of those common pitfalls I just was mentioning to Lynn that not everyone thinks of when they first go gluten-free. We'll get into some of that. And one or more of these pitfalls might be the reason why you're still not feeling your best. And if you have questions or comments regarding gluten-free living, please call us this morning at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You're listening to Leah and Cassie this morning. And we promised... From, from when we come back from break two, that we'd share some common pitfalls 
that may be causing you to sneak in gluten into your system that you might not know and causing you not to feel your best. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if you've been gluten-free for several weeks now, this still can happen. One common pitfall that comes to the top of my mind, which I think is is just kind of a good reminder for everybody, is to beware of the toaster. Right. So if you're planning to use some sort of gluten-free bread and you want to toast them, you have to use a separate toaster to reserve for only for the gluten-free, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, We have... Two toasters at our house. Yeah. I, One I, says Riley on it because he oh. was first diagnosed. But you know what? Then we just, I remember, and this might be helpful to some people too, when we first went gluten-free, so we found out Riley first, but it wasn't long after that we found out Rissy and and myself had to be gluten-free too. So Scott was the only one left, my husband out of four of us. And so I'm letting him eat his, his gluten because I thought, oh, how sad. I don't want to take it away from him yep. too. And I was having such anxiety in the house thinking like, was there a crumb on the counter? And now I laid our gluten-free bread yeah. on the counter to make a sandwich. And, yeah. and so I sat down and talked with Dar about it. Just, you know, I'm kind of worked yeah. up and I'm like, Dar, I, I got to talk to you about this. And in her calm voice, like she does, she said, Cassie, the whole house needs to be gluten-free. Yeah. And once she said it, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Scott doesn't need his bread. Yeah. The whole house needs to be gluten-free. And yeah. that just took such a huge layer of stress off. Now, I'm not saying that has to be what everybody yeah, does. Yeah, because Riley has celiac, which right. you have to be that careful. Yes. But, like, for you and me, I mean, it's it's not as crucial. Right. But it's the still, crumb as wouldn't... much as you can avoid all gluten, I think, yeah. is, is a good thing to do. Right. Yeah. Exactly. But so the toaster, great thing. So like I said, we bought a separate toaster. Now that we're all gluten-free, we all just use the same toaster with gluten-free bread. But um, Maybe donate the other one. Yeah, yeah, I should. And be sure to clean out your silverware drawer and any additional utensil drawers. We were many months into the whole celiac world before, I don't know, I must have read about it in a magazine that that dawned on me. I'm like, oh my gosh, of course, clean out the silverware drawer. And when I did, I was amazed at the number of old gluten-containing breadcrumbs that had collected in there. Yeah. yeah. And another little piece of the puzzle that could make you ill, if you're not careful, is the outdoor grill. Yeah. We're entering prime grilling season. Be sure to scrub your outdoor grill really good to remove any gluten remnants from any marinades. Our family personally doesn't eat meat that's grilled at a friend's or a relative's house unless, one, we know it's been scrubbed since the last use, and two, we know that they aren't putting other meats next to ours on the grill that have gluten ingredients or Mm -hmm. gluten-containing marinade. Yeah, and I think another focus, too, would be some of our cosmetics, like lipsticks and chapsticks are two more places where you can find gluten. And I guarantee you, if you put that chapstick or lipstick on that contains gluten, it will get into your intestines. Mm-hmm. We all ingest some of our lipstick or chapstick. Not just we? the kids. Yep. We all do. Yep. And I just noticed that some, I mean, this was just a couple of days ago. I just noticed some of my Mary Kay makeup has wheat in it. Oh. Now, for me, that's not a concern, but yeah. it just, you know, I'm always thinking of my kids and I'm like, oh my gosh, why do they have to do that? Now, the other thing, though, to consider for any people listening with celiac, the, the dermatologists say that your skin is not porous enough to let the gluten protein in. Mm-hmm. I think where we get into trouble is if it's close by our eyes. Yep. So if it's like a concealer, because those mucous membranes in your eyes are so very porous. And then, of course, your mouth, mm-hmm. the, all the membranes in your mouth um, 
So think of the shampoo and conditioners, too, because you're rinsing yourself off. That's it's all getting running into, down your yeah. face. It's inevitably going to get absorbed. And so I, look, at, yeah. look at those. And I, you know, at the, I, I shop at the Wedge Co-op, and, and they have gluten-free, like, cosmetics. They have gluten-free yeah. um, options for people that have... Right. celiac and gluten sensitivity. That's a great place to shop. Yeah. And actually, a lot of brands yep. are, and, and some of them are starting to label it more. The last thing of ChapStick I bought at Target said gluten-free right on it. So yeah. life is getting a little bit easier. That's it. And don't forget, too, uh, communion wafers. Once right. a week, going to Mass and receiving communion is absolutely enough to keep somebody with celiac feeling ill. Now, right. we were just talking about that. In yes. our um, Nutrition for Weight Loss class just recently, this last week, and how now they're offering some communion wafers that say gluten-free, mm-hmm. but for somebody with celiac, probably not. Well, we were talking about we this We were just in the talking about this in the break room, and it's interesting that that came up in, in your discussion. Um, I've had the conversation with our Catholic church, and, and right away they were nice enough to offer me the, the gluten-free wafers, which I had heard about. But the gal was very well informed, and she said, I just want you to know they're not really Mm gluten-free. They have, I think she said, 100 parts per million of gluten. Mm -hmm. Now, I know from all the reading and research I've done that for a lot of people with celiac, that would be enough to do some damage. So I'm not comfortable. I know there are some celiac kids at church getting that wafer, and that is such a personal decision, and it might be fine for them. I'm just not comfortable in letting my kids receive that, and I want to set the example for them. So what I have done is talk to my church, and they assured me that receiving the blood of Christ is the same in his eyes. And so even though we don't always have that at church, I can go. I just have to get to church a couple minutes early, and I go and and talk to the people that are going to be giving the communion for that Sunday, and they'll bring it out just for me. And it's so really inconspicuous. In, so in I can still participate yeah. and be 100% gluten-free. So yeah, there good. are options. Just talk to your church. We're going to do um, another caller here before we get back to some of our information. Um, Patty, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. You had a question for us? Yes, I'm wondering. Um, I had surgery, and I got a really bad intestinal infection. I was in the hospital for 10 days. And Previous to that, my friends used to always just tease me about having an iron gut. There was absolutely nothing in life I couldn't eat. And, you know, they've determined after this infection I'm lactose intolerant. But I'm still not doing so well, and I'm wondering if something like that could trigger gluten intolerance. Well, yeah, yes. Um, a bad intestinal infection was it C difficile? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. that's that's a potentially deadly one. That is really bad. Yes, I I actually nearly died. Yeah, yeah, it's very serious. And so they would have loaded you up on mega antibiotics, which you needed to have at that time. Right. I was on vancomycin actually for three months. Oh, my Lord. Yep. So, you know, visualize your intestinal tract. Your small intestinal tract is where we house most of our good bacteria, which is so important for digestion and for overall health and for immune system. So imagine that intestinal tract that's about 20 feet long that used to have, I always think of it as a green shag carpet. I grew (laughs) up with a shag carpet when I was a little kid. Think of it as it used to have this shag carpet of good little bugs around there. 
Um, and now you probably are looking like a desert down there. Those good bugs got killed off with the bad because antibiotics don't discriminate. Right. So absolutely that can create a gluten sensitivity and it can create a dairy sensitivity because you don't have the same tools anymore to digest your food. Right. Um, so you could, you are one, uh, and this isn't typically the case, but you're somebody that if you are sitting right now with a gluten and dairy sensitivity, it's very likely that you could grow back out of that. You just need to replant your good bugs. Yes. Yep. So I would highly recommend um, a product that we carry and some of the chiropractors carry called Ultra Bifidus by Metagenics. It is like the Cadillac version yep. of good bacteria. Okay. Ultra Bifidus. Ultra Bifidus. I have some, uh, I have that the pharmacist mixed up my... Um, doctor wrote a prescription. I can't remember the first word, but the second one is Boulardi. Is that oh. a good um, probiotic? I think it's okay. I wouldn't start yeah. there. I would start with the ultra, yeah, the ultra okay. bifidus because why is because that is your dominant strand. It's 70% mm-hmm. dominant throughout right. your digestive system. We have over 500 different types of bacteria, but that okay. one you need a lot of. Mm-hmm. And so we always start people there. And, and that kind that ultra bifidus is in powder form. Okay. So your body doesn't have, you have t- a hard time breaking down and digesting things. You don't, you don't have to break it down. Okay. Yep. So that's going to help you repopulate as, as quickly as you can. And, um, and hopefully get back to your old iron gut that yes. you used to have. Yeah. Okay. And one more quick question. Sure. Where could I find gluten-free bread? Pretty much everywhere these yeah. days. Um, it's kind of a, we're talking about some of it's like a fad. They have it a lot of stores now. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so, yeah, Cub in the natural section, in the freezer. Coburn's in the oh, freezer, okay. in, in the, the natural freezer. section. Yep. Yeah, and Lunds and Barley's, they have one now. It's called Canyon Bakehouse. And it's, oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's, I've heard of Canyon Bakehouse. Yeah, yeah, they just started carrying it there, and they carry it at the co-ops. And, like, uh, Fresh and Natural carries that brand, too. And it's okay. it's really more, it's hearty, because that's a problem with a lot of gluten-free products, is it's more refined, so higher in sugar um but uh, you know opposed this to like one a, has more fiber it sounds it like. does it's more okay. hearty mm-hmm. okay. Canyon right, Bakehouse. Great. so okay oh, thank thanks for so the much. call yeah you're okay. welcome thanks. good luck with all of that thank i think it is time for our last break for already our last break oh my gosh ah. um yeah last break of the hour but don't go away because leah has some important announcements to share when we come back so stay tuned welcome back I want to share some announcements about upcoming events and classes before we wrap up the discussion about gluten-free eating. First, next month on Saturday, May 19th, is the annual annual Making Tracks for Celiac Walk and Run. It will be held again once again in the uh, Victoria, Minnesota. Cassie, you've participated for the past few years, haven't you? Yeah, I think this will be our third year. This is the 11th annual Making Tracks for Celiacs Walk and Run, but we've been there for three years. Nutritional Weight and Wellness is a sponsor again oh, this year. that's great. Yep, they have been for the past several years. It's a great family-friendly event. You were there uh-huh. with a booth for Nutritional yeah. Weight and Wellness. And you, I mean, you saw how great it was, but you were even there on a not our greatest year because it rained and rained and rained and rained it and did. they moved everything but it's into still the school. But it's still a great turnout and it lots really of um, great information, yeah. samples. And, yep, and yeah. lots of co-ops were there mm-hmm. and, you know, like we were there. So to talk to people about gut healing that have celiac. But again, it's a great family-friendly event that raises money to educate the public and raise awareness about celiac disease. And that's why I love to support it. 
Um, not only is the walking trail that we do the walk and the run on beautiful, but there's also a lot of games for the kids to play and they get little prizes for playing the games. There's also a gluten-free food fair if you want to participate in that. And like we said, Fun. tons of vendors there that you can talk to. Um, last year we had a booth. I know last year was when I got to meet the guys at Thousand Hills Cattle yes. Company, which love, love They're really their great. beef sticks. Yeah, and so and we got some, to. They had samples of like their whole beef hot dogs. And yes, those were great. I those are a good quick gluten free thing when yep. you don't have leftovers and in the fridge. Kids. Great for kids. I love the Thousand yes. Hills hot yes. dogs. So come out and join us if you can. Again, it's May 19th. And for more information or if you want to register for the Making Tracks for Celiac's annual walk and run, just go to Twin Cities Celiac Walk. That's all one word. Dot org. I'm going to say that one more time. Twin Cities Celiac Walk dot org. Great. And a couple of classes I want to tell you about before we get back to our topic for any of you wanting to shed a few more pounds before swimsuit season, it's right around Which the corner. Is around right the here. corner, yep. Hits in full force. We have offerings of our very popular nutrition for weight loss classes starting next week. Yes. Every and day of the week, every right? Every day of the week, we have classes starting in multiple locations. So I'm mm-hmm. going to list off all of loca- the locations. And if you want to find out more specifics about certain locations and timing, I'm going to direct you to our website. But the cl- locations we're offering classes are St. Paul, Wyzetta, Woodbury, Lakeville, North Oaks, and Chanhassen, which is a lot. And in some of those locations, we have more than one option. More than one option and, for times days. of the day. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. So to learn more or to sign up, you can do one of two things. You can call our office this morning at 651 699 Three four three eight, or go online and you can sign up right online at weightandwellness.com and it's A-N-D spelled out, weight and wellness. Weight and yep. wellness. All right. Great. So um, let's talk about a few more before the end of the hour, some of those more gluten-free kind of uncommon places, tips. right? Yeah. yeah, that you would find gluten. Yep. Yep. So yes, um, a few grocery items that contain gluten that when I was first learning about gluten sensitivity that I was kind mm-hmm. of surprised about was sauces, things like yeah. soy sauce, teriyaki sauce, barbecue sauces. Mm-hmm. Right. The condiments are tricky. And you, if if you're like me, you just get to a place where you know your brands and you kind of figure it out yes. and you stick with that same brand. But you have to know your brands. And gone are the days of the canned soups, mm-hmm. thank goodness, for many reasons. But certainly if you're gluten-free, you don't want to do the cream of mushroom, yeah. Campbell's soup and anymore, any of those brands. Contains gluten and chemicals. Yep. And Other. lots of chemicals, MSG, and yep. I, who knows, maybe there's trans fats in there too. Yeah, the ingredient list is really long, so that should be an indicator not to buy it. But <laughs> for sure, if you're celiac or gluten-sensitive, no more canned soups because they put wheat in it yep. as a thickener. Yeah. A few more than I th- and I'm thinking about things like imitation crab. Yeah. Yeah. Imitation bacon bits. Mm-hmm. And a lot of things like ice cream. Ice cream is someplace that you really have to be careful about. I don't think I really read ingredient lists on yeah. ice cream until we be we had to be gluten free. Why do you <laughs> they have like twenty ingredients sometimes? I thought ice cream was yeah. like cream and sugar and Yeah. And milk. the reason why it's found in so many different products is because it's a very cheap binding element. It's the binder in ice cream and all these all these other cheaper products. Yeah. Yeah. But there are ice creams, right? Vanilla's all natural. Yeah. Um Briars. Did I say the right? Briars Vanilla All Natural is an okay one, I believe. There's a few more. And Hagen does. Only have, has like four or five ingredients. Like, then they have okay. one that's just five. It's called five or 
Yes, mm-hmm. Haagen-Dazs five. That's right. I just showed that at the diabetes class yeah. I taught here this last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you you do have to be careful. I think to keep it simple, what takes a layer of stress off for me is just going by that same take-home message that we give to all people that come to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and that is to eat real fl- yes. food, right? Gluten-free or not, real food is the best answer. Yep, yep, exactly. Um, and, you know, so that really, what really what that means is that we're shopping around the perimeter of the grocery store, right? Right. That's, that's it, to keep it simple for people, if you're feeling like you need to maybe give us a go and it's a little daunting to think about like yeah. all of these hidden things and all these foods, right. if you're shopping the perimeter of the grocery store, you're safe. You're safe. Meats, vegetables, yep. fruits. Dairy, if you're okay with dairy, that's all around the perimeter. Another one, you know, as we're talking about some more of these common pitfalls that we weren't aware of until we went gluten-free, another area that I wasn't aware of when I first started this gluten-free venture is the the bulk bulk bins, bins, right? Mm -hmm. I never buy from the bulk bins. For one, you don't know if a customer before you shared serving scoops across products and contaminated something. But an even bigger reason is that they sometimes rotate what products are in any one bin. So there might be plain raw almonds in there today, but that same bin, right, that same bin Mm -hmm. might have had wheat flour last week. And I think it's so important for people to realize that it just takes, especially if you have celiac. Yes. Celiac is more sensitive. It just takes a speck, a crumb of gluten. And sometimes you won't even have the symptoms from that little speck of gluten, but it can be harming you from the inside, even in the absence of yep. those outward symptoms. Yep, exactly. Uh, the deli counter. So right. I think I think that's a great place <laughs> to do some investigations because deli meat, um, you know, slicings can contain gluten as mm-hmm. a filler. Mm-hmm. But some of the brands um, of deli meat are gluten free. And so you just want to make sure that you ask a few questions. Um, and we've done a little bit of investigating for locally and found out, like, some brands like Hormel Natural, you said, and right. Applegate Farm. Applegate, Boar's Head. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are a handful, but you do have to do some looking um, because not all of them yeah. are gluten-free. And for somebody with celiac, another level to that would be how are they slicing it? What, are they, the, what they're using to slice the meat? Have they used right. other things that maybe contain gluten to slice it earlier? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I am watching the clock. Unfortunately, we have so much great information we didn't get to get to today, but I do want to mention... A little bit more about healing the gut. Yes. Right? Because you and I both know how important that is. I walk around most days with that mantra in my head because, you know, the clients we see, and I think it was Hippocrates that first said, all diseases begin in the gut. And I feel this is so true. I agree. Yes. We talked about... Bifido, bifido, yeah, right. So once, so once you've removed that food, the gluten that's causing the problems, you have to replant that good bacteria, like we talked about, like Cassie talked about, you know, that lush carpet. Or another analogy would be, like, just like your garden won't grow without seeds, right? right. Your gut can't grow without something from nothing. So you have to take a supplement to add back in that good bacteria. We talked about the ultra bifidus, but another one in, in pill form is called bifido balance, and we often recommend that at nutritional weight and wellness and we love it because it's a pure strand of bifida and we talked about the importance and the dominance of that strand Mm -hmm. and also um you know when we're looking at our digestive system i mean that's a key component to it and that's why we always start 
with that. And the other supplement that goes hand in hand with bifido when it comes to healing the gut is glutamine. Yes. Glutamine is another supplement that is natural. It comes, it's an amino acid that comes from things like fish, meat, and eggs. But to heal the gut, you need a therapeutic dose. What it does in the body is it heals the tissue. Right. Mm -hmm. So bifido and glutamine to start healing that gut. Um, Yes. I know the music is going to start any minute before the end of the show. I just want to say to the millions of people out there that have discovered gluten-free is the way they need to go. It's natural when you first discover, or in my case, are told you need to be gluten-free to focus on what you can't eat. But remember, there are so many more foods that you can eat than yes. those you can't, right? Yep. I mean, think about sweet potatoes or a peach in season, a ribeye steak hot off the grill. Yes. Yum. Um, love that. Or my very favorite, a square of good dark chocolate. Yep. Focus first on all of these delicious foods you can eat. You I promise you, you won't go hungry. And in the end, you'll likely see improvements in your health that you never imagined. Yes. And if you wanted to, to continue to learn about this topic of gluten-free eating, please check out the new article for, from Cassie that she wrote. It's on our website at weightandwellness.com and click on articles. Thanks for spending the hour with us. Thank you very much. Have a great weekend. Happy Easter. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Statements made with respect to products have not been evaluated by the FDA.